So, Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word and thank you for allowing us the privilege of studying and and declaring your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is uh, full of power. It won't return void. It won't return to you and say, I couldn't do it. That word will say, I told you so. Told you I was going to do it. Amen. And so we thank you that that is true about your word. And we honor you in Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. So I thought I'd talk today about uh, the, that we need to come closer to God to be healed, amen? Come closer and be healed, amen? When God says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you, that is kind of like a standing order for how to receive what we need from God. Always remember that if you could have it already, you would have it. And, you know, if there was nothing else you need to do to get it, you'd have it already. But for the things that we lack, uh, closeness to God, drawing close to God will always get us there. Sometimes when I, I say that, because sometimes we can live a very comfortable life. You know, if your bills are paid and you're feeling good in your body, you don't have any kind of ailments or anything like that. You know, you can live in a place of contentment and, and, you know, working at your everyday things that you do, but when that's interrupted in some way, you know, or if it's there's stress put on it or some concern comes into your life, it's because there is, and, and not just because, and I, I'm not saying that if you live close to God, you'll never have problems. That's not true. He said you will have problems in the world, but to be of good cheer, because he, he's overcome the world. So what he's saying is you can live in the same state of cheerfulness and contentment when the world is falling down around you. Amen. When there's bad news forecast, uh, when there's anticipation of evil on the horizon, you can still live in a state of contentment with God. But see, problems come really to separate us from Him. That's, that's the whole part, po- uh, point of the problems. So problems come to separate us from God. When the Apostle Paul taught on that, he listed so many things. He said tribulation, persecution, famine, uh, perils, perils from false brethren, perils from in the in the from the uh, authorities, perils in the church, perils everywhere you go. He said, but but he said that that uh, we are more than conquerors. He said, what can separate us from the love of God? He said, I'm convinced. Because he'd experienced all of those things. He was convinced that nothing could separate him from the love of God expressed through life in Christ Jesus. And as long as we stay close to God, nothing will be able to separate us from him. What people sometimes do is the minute something happens to them, they think, why does this happen? Why me? Why, why, why? Hopefully, we've all gotten to the point where we accept things are going to happen and we quit the why stuff. Amen? But why is not as important as get it off of me. <laughs> you know, let's get back to where I was content. You know, let's, let's have a remedy. Amen? And so when we, we think like that, we, we find that there is a, a something new about God we need to experience, something new about God we need to know, something, uh, or sometimes a, a truth that we have about God, but it comes at us in a different way this time. 
So there are times where we may have an understanding of what what uh, what to do or or how we did it the last time, et cetera, et cetera. And so, but we need to experience it again in a whole new way. And so that that means that we must draw close to God and get get a new expression of his life a new experience a new revelation if you will you know something that that he has not expressed to us needs to be expressed to us now and so once we understand that that there is much more to know much more to grow much more to understand uh, then we can get what we need from the lord uh, what you need sometimes is a a when we say come closer to him, that means to let go more of yourself and your way of thinking and come into a greater revelation of God or more empowerment. I know there were times where uh, when we were having the trips to um, to uh, healing services, we uh, made a commitment that we would uh, follow Benny Hinn's ministry so that we could learn. And we would take as many people with us as we could. And so as we did that, we would find people, you know, that, that didn't really go to the churches we went to. You know, we'd find people who were not saved. Some were in denominational churches where we, they didn't really believe in healing, but they were getting, they were getting interested in it by God. And, and we would see some people who would you know, grab onto the word as best they could, and but it would slip away after a while. And and when I would talk to God about it, He said, "Well, He said one of the things that happens, He said, it's a good thing to take people to the meetings because there are times where they will believe enough to get." get their healing and hold on to it. He said, but sometimes people need to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then we began to understand that most of those people were around us so that they could receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some did, some didn't. But when you have the experience of having the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have a greater capacity for everything that comes out of that word. You have a greater capacity to believe. You have a greater capacity to understand. You have a capacity for ministry. In fact, there is no ministry outside of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's the word. Amen. Jesus told them to wait in the city of Jerusalem till they were endued with power from on high. And that's true for us too. We wait until we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of, of speaking in tongues so that we can have the power to minister the gospel with signs following. Amen. We should not be just telling people to get saved because many of them just won't. You ever had that experience? See, it's it's a lot easier now that you can pray for people to be healed and you have a confidence in you that they will be healed. Amen. And so when you get the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you get that faith confidence that what you speak will be heard by God and he will confirm your words with signs following. So that people will pray in tongues when you pray with them on the streets to receive. They will be healed when you lay hands on them and and they'll see God recover. That is the gospel. Amen. The gospel is not just fire insurance. 
Because people need to live in this world. You know, if you're just, you're just selling Christ for the sake of, of escaping hell, you know, you, they're missing all of what's in between. We gotta live for God every day. And I'm telling you, the fullness of the Holy Spirit will cause, so that's the first come closer that we experience. When God says come closer, that means get filled with the Spirit and stay filled and have evidence to show that you're filled with the Spirit. Amen? You know, now people always, religious people always come up with something. Man, they some tricky-minded people. They'll tell you, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You just haven't, haven't had your prayer language released. Well, if you, if, if somebody lives in you, listen, most women who have had kids will tell you at some point, they said, no, wait a minute, I know something's going on here. You know, even if you weren't showing, some women never have real presumptive signs. You know, if you have irregular periods or something like that, you don't have that sign uh, to show. But something, you know, something's going on. So you got somebody living in there that wasn't there. Uh, wait a minute. Huh? When somebody's in your house, you can tell. Amen. There's a door closing in there, some movement in there. Here's some extra breathing somewhere. Somebody's in there. Same thing with the Holy Ghost. If you, what you have, you know, even if it's a spiritual thing. Amen. So if you have, if you have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know by the evidence of praying in tongues. Ain't nobody waiting for you to release nothing. Cause I, you know, you sit with people and minister it to them and, and they're almost ready to explode. They open their mouth and try to speak English. Well, that's him. Amen. That's the evidence. Amen. Evidence is something that's obvious. It's not hidden. Huh? <laughs> people tried to, tried to convict O.J. Simpson and when they got it to the jury, the, the, what, well, Lady Foreman said they just didn't have enough evidence to convince us. They said we're either, we're gonna take a man's life away from him, block him up forever on this evidence? No, there is reasonable doubt here. A lot of people don't, a lot of people right now make jokes about him killing his wife and all that, but a jury of his peers found him not guilty. Amen. You want to be found guilty of the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You want to be found guilty of, of the evidence that you uh, have the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So those of us who have, are spirit-filled, if you're not spirit-filled, at the end of this video, I'll pray for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, I thank God for Pastor Shirley. She can she can get the wallpaper praying in tongues almost. <laughs> it's just a gift God gave her. Amen. And so she's it's very easy for her. She knows when they got it and when they don't got it. You know. And I'm still sitting up waiting for God something to happen, and she knows already. You understand? What I'm saying? So so. Amen. So that's a blessing. It's a blessing. So praise God. And, and she's taught many of you how to minister that to people. So it, it's, it's a blessing to the whole uh, congregation and body of Christ. So the first way you draw nigh to God is to pray in his language. Amen. That's how you come closer. Father, I thank you. I bless you and I praise you. You're pushing out 
your out of your spirit man that word that will connect you to him amen so so you want to connect with god in a real way so if you're if you're uh, afflicted in your body and and they've given you a diagnosis uh get closer to god pray in the holy ghost begin to build your spirit man up amen the bible says praying in the holy ghost keeps you in the love of god amen you know i've had people back in the day when <clears throat> i was Ministering a lot to people in, in a larger congregation, baptism and all. Well, I'm not concerned about no gifts. I just want, I'm, I'm more concerned about love. I said, well, this keeps you in the love of God, the Bible says. So, you know, people, they want to turn down something that they got to repent of wrong teaching and wrong thinking to receive. I'm going to say that again. People want to turn something down because they need to repent of wrong believing, wrong teaching, and wrong understanding in order to receive it. You're going to have to be wrong a lot as a Christian. So we might as well get used to that. You're going to have to repent a lot. You're going to have to turn turn around. You have to change your thinking a lot because we are learning how to live in God's kingdom. We're learning how to live by his rules. You can't live by the the old rules, rules and have a supernatural life and get supernatural rescue from things that they have no cure of down here in the world. God never plan for us to live under the dictates of the world he plans for us to live by the rules of the kingdom and one of the rules of the kingdom is to draw near to him amen we are becoming one with god every day we can draw closer to him amen distance from god allows the 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 dictates of the world to be real in our lives so the farther you are away from god this is what what down here is your reality. That's all that you know. And so as you draw close to God, you will find that you you stay filled with his spirit. You stay encouraged and full of faith for what he's doing and what he has planned for your life. Uh, there's no other way to put it except if you need to be healed or if you have symptoms in your body, you must draw close to God in order to get those things removed. You can't just sit up and quote the word at him or, or try to uh, speak the word and that's it. You have to draw nigh to him first you pray in his language you offer up praise and thanksgiving to him you repent of your sin and your distance from god god i'm i ask you to forgive me for trying to go it alone get my formula out for how to get healed amen you just can't you can't step in formula god because he's a person and he wants to hear from you. None of the people that he healed while they were on this earth, except for those who really he could not get to or they could not get to him, they all had to come close to him and, and be touched by him or he touched them in order to receive their healing. And I, I just beg believers to understand that. That there's a distance in the relationship and that gulf needs to be breached in order for you to get in there, amen, and receive what you need from God, either through worship through prayer, through study the word, through uh, meditating on the word. Meditation is an excellent way to get what God has for you because it's through meditation that all these things are conceived. Your mind is is like the womb 
Amen. It's the place where you conceive everything that you wind up believing and you wind up doing. And so when when your mind gets filled with the knowledge of God and the things of God, you will find that that uh, there is a a new dimension of confidence in God that will come into your spirit. It'll affect your thoughts. It'll affect your speaking. It will affect every part of your being because you have uh, chosen to grab onto that word through meditation. That's why Proverbs 4, 20-22 tells us not to let the word depart from pay attention to what God says. Keep your full attention on what he says. Don't let it escape you. Don't let a day go by where you sit up and watch news all day long or watch what this little bug is doing. Amen. And that's your main focus and, or get on the internet and see what people on Facebook are talking. They talk, they, the same people that put a selfie up yesterday has got another selfie today. If they don't have a new selfie, they pull out the old ones, you know. You know, Facebook is good at, at keeping people's attention because they save everything. And you look up and you see, oh, I'll have my anniversary with a friend of mine. And, you know, all this, <laughs> look at this, you know, look at that, look at that, look at that. So you got all these things that keep you occupied. But if you will, will let that go, God says, shut that down. Pay attention to me. Some of these little areas in our lives where uh, it goes on for a long time and, and we don't see any progress whatsoever. Draw near to him on that thing. Get closer to him on that thing. Say, God, you know what? I'm going to spend some time with you dealing with this situation that's been, that bugs me that it's not resolved yet. You got me? Sometimes he just needs to hear from you and it may not get resolved in that whatever he, you, you do between you and God, if you decide you're going to fast or you're going to pray or you're going to get your word more, you're going to cry out to him, you're going to spend more time at worship, whatever it is to draw near to him. Once you do that, you may just decide, well, hey, you know, God, I trust you. I'm just, this is just going to encourage me to go a little bit further in my believing and not give up. Sometimes it's like that, you know, it's, a, it's, and sometimes it's almost like you want to give up and you get dry in your, you're not fervent like you used to be and, and uh, really pressing in and, you know, you can remember, man, I used to just get between me and God before I knew it. I had that thing. You understand what I'm saying? And and so he wants that relationship back, see? And when we have lack or we have symptoms or we have a disease uh, in our bodies or whatever you want to call it, I don't call it disease because I still stand on the fact that we don't get disease as Christians because the Bible says so. So I'm not going to call it disease because I would be negating what God says about it. He said none of this is diseases. Well, you can get, it says if you, if you hearken to him and you obey him, you can get disease. Well, you can repent and get undiseased just as quick. See, that's not a death sentence. I don't know where people get the impression that if you do something, something happens to you as a result of disobedience is irreversible. Now, if that were true, none of us would be here. 
And if it's true and it got you saved, it's got to be true to keep you saved. Huh? And so uh, it's good to get under the microscope before God. You get some things that don't move as fast as you want them to move. Sometimes healings don't uh, come along as, as quickly as you want to. Just get yourself under the microscope and stay under there. It's like I tell people, when I need something from God, I get real nice to everybody. I love everybody. All of a sudden, I don't have no enemies. I don't have nothing against nobody. Huh? And that's not hypocritical. That's Bible. That's Bible survival. (laughs) Huh? That's how you live. Because anybody can run off the road. Your mouth will run you off the road. Your, your temper will run you off the road. Your wants will run you off. Your, your burdens and your responsibilities will run you off the road. So you get back on the road. Huh? Say, Lord, please forgive me. I said, if it's something here that, that I'm not really addressing and I'm not paying attention to, you know, I'm just, and then sometimes you think about, Lord, you know, I see that. I'm just real sorry. I don't let that go on too long. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes your flesh and out to get good to you. And then you say, oh boy, here I am over in this heap again. So, you know, they say keep short accounts with God. Amen. Be be slow to anger. Be quick to repent. Amen. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to ask forgiveness. Let let yourself be quick in those things. And when you see yourself slowing down, amen, then you ask forgiveness. Say, God, please cleanse me because I don't even feel right about this. Let me just get myself straightened out again and, and let's just go on down the road. And don't quit, keep bringing it up with God over and over again. Don't let that guilt hangover get you. Amen. Just get your cleansing and, and stay before God until you know you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. Amen. And go on. You know, there's some deep wounds out here that, that people carry. So we need to show mercy to everybody because we need mercy. Amen. And understand that you don't understand everything about everybody. And it ain't your business to know everybody's past and you got to hear about their bad upbringing and give them a pass on that. Just forgive people, period. Be quick to forgive. Amen. And it'll, it'll, it'll do you good all the days of your life. It'll keep you full of joy. That's for sure. Joy and rejoicing. Amen. So healing requires a revelation of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. Amen. It requires a revelation. Now, how do you get that revelation of God? How did you get healed? I mean, how'd you get saved? You heard. Same way you get a Proverbs 4, pay attention, incline your ear, listen, and hear. And begin to listen for instruction from God. Once you, once you start this road and you open up your Bible, look to get instruction from God on what you need to do about these situations that are, are challenging to us. Amen? So healing requires a revelation of God as the Lord who heals us. You won't get healed reading money scriptures. Now I say that because people come up with some crazy stuff sometimes. Now I've had what I we have we have healing meetings all the time. What six times a year, something like that, every other month, pretty much. And and 
people come up to the altar with obvious they need something physical from God. And I'll say, well, what do I need to pray for you for? I don't know their need. And I don't want to guess at what, I can't look at you and guess what's wrong with you. That ain't my job. It's up to you, the Bible says, ask. It's up to you to put into words what you desire from God. Amen? And they'll tell me they need, well, my kids need a financial blessing. Seriously? Come on now. But they'll be at a healing meeting and never pray to get healed. Now let me tell you why this happens to people sometimes. I know God will get you to the meeting. And if you're not careful and pay attention to what God is speaking to you throughout the meeting, the devil can come right in there and steal your opportunity to receive healing right from you at the altar. You got me? You come up and say, well, you know, all these people, you know, she preaching like you're supposed to be healed already. Well, how else am I supposed to preach? Because that's the gospel. Huh? Didn't, didn't Jesus say that about the woman who was bent over? He said, ought not this daughter of Abraham be healed on the Sabbath? In other words, she should have been healed already if y'all was in here doing your job. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen. Amen. They had a healing covenant. It was expressed fully when Jesus came because he was teaching about the kingdom. In the kingdom, there's no illness. Amen. When you come in kingdom authority, he said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out a devil, then surely the kingdom of heaven has come unto you. Everything that's done in his kingdom is done with the, with the finger of God. That's the anointing. Amen. So when God begins to move in our midst, he is demonstrating kingdom authority, kingdom power, and we have kingdom results. Amen. Jesus could no more have left that woman in that temple in that condition. And that's the same way he feels about us. He is not going to leave us in the condition that we started out with him. I don't care if you never have a sick day in your life. Praise God you never have that. You know, glory to God. It's a blessing not to have sickness, but very few people fall in that category. In fact, I don't think I know of any. But but if that ever happens to you, you use your kingdom authority to reverse that thing and bring health and wholeness. That's why he says, I will restore health. He's in the health restoration business because he, you must have started out healed somewhere and healthy somewhere and then it got stolen from you. So when God created man and woman in the garden and said it it was good, they were healed. They were whole in their bodies, whole in their minds, everywhere. And then the devil comes in and steals it from you. So God is restoring what rightfully belongs to us, was given to us in creation. And he is here to restore it back to us. So you're not trying to ask for something that, that doesn't belong to you. He, you're not trying to ask for something that isn't yours from the beginning. You're not trying to, he's not making up his mind if you deserve to be well or not. That's not, that's never part of the conversation. What we need to know is how do we get that to happen for us? Amen. And you do it by drawing close to him. Just get close to Jesus. Sometimes that'll take care of everything. 
You know, you just have yourself a good Holy Ghost shout out in the middle of your house or, or, you know, just silently lift your hands and begin to worship him and pray in the Holy Ghost until you feel better. Amen. You'll say, well, God, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm just going to keep standing in faith on this thing. I'm not going to waver. If I was wavering before, please forgive me. Let's go on and I trust you. Amen. Amen. Some of the uh, faith teachers will tell you, you can't be in a rush uh, on time for what God is doing in your life. You can't push him to do it when you want him to do it. That's a manifestation of doubt anyway. Anything that comes of, of your flesh is a manifestation of doubt. And so you don't want to express doubt. You may, it might come to your head, but get that washed out. God, I don't want to doubt you even in my thought life. I'm going to clean up my act. I'm going to clean up my thoughts. I'm going to do what Paul said in Philippians 4. Think on things that are true and lovely and good and good report. Think on those things. If you think on those things, you keep your mind healthy enough to begin to receive confidence that you are healed. Amen. And so you begin to speak right. You begin to think right. You begin to understand right. If you will draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. He'll give you what he needs. Because when he draws close to you, he comes with something. Amen. (laughs) And the married people said, hallelujah. I used to tell my husband, I frisked him at the door. I said, what you got for me? He knew he had to come with something. Am I right, Poppy? See? Brother, know you gotta come packing. Amen? You like saving flowers for my funeral. Give me a little white box. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Howard, you in the clear because you only get home once a week, but you know what I'm saying. It's got to be a biggie in a small package for you to come proper now. And they know how to, he knows the rules. He knows the road rules and the home rules too. <laughs> That's cool. But, but he brings something with him. Jesus never leaves you the same way he found you. This is why you want to draw, draw close to him and have him draw close to you. He never leaves us the same way he found us. And it's always a change for the better. He will always remove something that's shakable so that something substantial can remain. He'll remove your doubt. Amen. Sometimes people are so afraid of finding out their thinking wrong. You know, I mean, that's a blessing. The Bible says when the righteous slap me, it's a kindness. You want you want righteousness to impact your life in a major way so that you can move on to to receiving your promise. And so when we when we think about it, we we really really need to receive what we we need from God because drawing close to him always has major benefits. Um why don't we turn to I'm trying to think which one of these one with the issue of blood stories talking about drawing close. Let's go to Mark chapter five. See if that's a, there's, there's definitely, uh, uh, different accounts of this same happening. 
the more it's written, the more of a standard, you know, a statute, it, it's a law type of thing because God wants you to know it. You know, when he repeats things, it's because it's important for us to know. <clears throat> so here in Matthew chapter 5, there's a difference between hearing and experiencing. So we hear so that we can experience. You don't hear just to hear. Got me? You know, like say for instance, people, you will quote a scripture in during the service and people will hear it and because it's familiar to it, they let their minds drift and, oh, I know that already. You know, that's what your little flesh man will say. You know, oh, I know that already and, you know, back on that again. I'm going to wait till something important comes up. Got me? And so it, we're at that again because you didn't get it the last time we said it. And you probably won't get it all this time either, so you better pay attention. Amen. You better write it down, take notes. In fact, you know, if, if it's possible, you need to do the temporary tattoos, write the scriptures on your head like you have in an exam. Oh, yeah, I am healed. Oh, yeah, he took that. Oh, yeah, that is right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, keep it before your eyes is what the word says. So here we are in Matthew 5, I think it's down in verse um, 21. It says, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered to him, and he was near unto the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly. And that's pretty, that's pretty humble for a religious spirit. You understand what I'm saying? It, it took a lot for that brother to bow to, you know, he's a ruler in the temple. So he don't, you know, he don't bow. People bow to him. So, uh, you know, his his respect is appropriate. Amen. You always bow to the higher authority. You always bow to the greater power. Amen. The lesser is blessed by the greater. So you got to submit to somebody who's greater in you in the authority of God. Amen. I, I wish preachers knew that because they'll go around, hang around people, you know, they're ankle deep themselves and they, they, you know, hang around toe touchers. Well, if you only anchored ankle deep, you need to, well, see, they, they ain't as friendly as, well, no, you know, <laughs> if you got revelation from God, you don't really need to be friendly to him. Because you're looking for something that's deeper than you, too. I see we, we're dealing with people who went to the easy classes in school. I asked somebody, I forget, it's probably somebody in the ministry. It is, just be blessed. But I asked them, I said, they were in college. I said, well, what are you, what are you taking, honey? What are you studying? Well, I have a requirement. I have to take a language. I said, well, what you taking? I'm thinking French, you know, Spanish. So I said, a sign. That's a language. Come on now. Do you gonna even talk with that? That don't, that shouldn't qualify as nobody's language. Come on now. See, that comes from government paying for education all over the place. They let you take anything as long as you sign up for that money. Honey, it was like that when I went to college. 
They say, don't you want to, don't you want to go here, go there, go, yeah, no. Well, you know, you can get the money for free and get a grant, get this, get that. When you run out of grants, you get loan. That's how they get you hooked in there. It's free to start, but if you want that degree, you're going to have to pay or borrow money somewhere. Just an aside, that came free. <laughs> it's true. Huh? It's true. It was better when, I mean, it's nice that more people can go, but sometimes you need to work and pay for something. Because <laughs> it's, it's free, it's easy, and it's cheap. Amen. Nothing against sign language. Don't get me wrong. But when I went to school, if if you were in medicine or nursing, you took Latin and German. You know, either or. I know y'all don't. They don't even take that no more. So, so Latin who? La cucaracha. No, not that one. Anyway, let's get back to the scripture here. So here, the ruler of the synagogue humbles himself so you know he's showing faith you understand this you know all religious people ain't hard-nosed and crazy you know that kind of stuff but he respects jesus authority and respects his anointing and that has to be if people if you're going to receive from somebody you have to at least honor them and treat them with love and respect to receive anything. That's why people wander from church to church. They have this attitude that preachers just want your money. All people are wrong. and You know, just nonsense stuff. And they never repent of that and get their hearts purified before God so they can receive from somebody. You know, you you see them with their complaints. Well, I don't go to church because so, no, you don't go to church because you don't want to go. If we let you get in the pulpit and run everything, you still would be absent. Huh? It's true. So, you know, and it takes love to receive what God... Are you kidding me? That's a commandment. I don't care if you are a new Christian. You're commanded to love everybody. You're commanded to forgive. You're commanded... I mean, this is so basic. But it's it's unfortunate. This is the stumbling block for many people to receiving their needs met by God. You got me? It's a major stumbling block. You gotta make a habit of it. You gotta be quick to do these things. I was uh, listening to Brother Hagen talking about um, people get healed. He was saying that there was a family uh, in the church. They all worked in the church. They were consistent. They were uh, faithful. They gave. They were at every meeting and so forth and so on. And they would illness that somebody in the family was always sick, never could get the healing from God. They'd go off, have to go to the doctor, got get surgery, whatever, whatever. He said there was another family that in the neighborhood that didn't come as often. He said, in fact, you seldom saw them. He said, but but he said he thought about it one day and he was talking about it to somebody who knew both families and, and all of that. And he said that uh, the, this one, uh, I think it was another pastor said, well, you know what, brother Hagan, I'm going to tell you something about that family. that gets healed. He said, I've never seen people who were quicker to repent, quicker to forgive and reached out to people in love like that family does. And they stayed healed. You got me? Even with not coming as often, 
not doing any job in the church. You understand what I'm saying? It's a heart thing. Because you can work for God all you want to, but if it's not in your heart to love God and serve God and love his people, is you not getting you not getting a pass there. Everybody's got to pass the love test. Amen. Everybody's got to pass it. And so it's very, very important, the condition of our hearts. And so I believe the ruler of this synagogue passed the love test. Amen. Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, see, there's something that's going to move everybody to bow to Jesus. Amen. If he didn't want healing for himself, now his daughter's sick. He's got to confront this thing. She's at the point of death, and I pray, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. So that's faith. He's not guessing about it. He said, uh, maybe she can be healed. Would you try and see if you could heal her? She said, nope. I know for a fact. So that is faith speaking. So his faith has taught him, has told him that Jesus must give him a house call. Thank God he lives in us. Amen. He makes house calls on us all the time. He must, he says, because he's no doubt he's heard of him. See, if he's, if he's in the synagogue, he's only seen Jesus operate one way. And that's by contact. Laying hands on somebody physically that was not well. And so his faith is in contact. Amen? When somebody else, though, might put their faith in Jesus doing it a different way. And that's perfectly fine. As long as it's a scriptural way. Now, the Bible says he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. So you'll see people, and when Jesus walked the earth, they believed he could send the word. Remember the Roman centurion? He said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, so send your word, and they'll be healed. In other words, speak the word, that means send your word, and they will be healed. And so this man did it on the basis of his experience as an authoritarian, and his experience with authority. And he said, I know you're a man like I am, but there's something different about your words than mine. He said, but the principle that it operates on operates the same way we do in the army. And he says, I'm a man under authority. So he knew Jesus was not doing this under human power. That's very important to know. He said, I am under authority and I speak to this person. They obey me. That person obeys me because they know that there's a penalty from the higher authority if they don't obey me. And that's the basis on which he understood how he could get his servant healed. And he did it based on authority. Because he saw Jesus speak to stuff and it left people and they walked out healed. And so he said, if you're doing that by a power that's greater than a human power. Just as I do mine by the power of Caesar, but everybody under my command obeys me because there's a chain of authority under my voice. And so he knew that Jesus had a chain of authority under his voice. Amen? 
And so if you're under the authority of the Lord, then you have that same power at your disposal, that same authority over demons, over sickness, over every evil thing. You have that at your disposal. So he said, come lay your hands on her. She'll be healed. And she and Jesus went with him. When Jesus goes with you, you're healed already. That's why he chose to live in us because he knew the fight that we would have to live on this earth staying healed. And he says, uh, I'll make your house call. I'll live in you permanently. And you'll have the physician living in you. So all you got to do is call on him. Draw close to him. Start to worship him. And he'll respond to you. Huh? He'll start to pour out understanding to you and knowledge to you and things you need to know. If nothing else, he'll reassure you and comfort you. And I said, now look, girl, you wasn't feeling like this yesterday. Now you just sat up there and, and looked in them books or looked at this or got distracted, let your mind wander, whatever you did. And you have got yourself messed up again. So let's just get ourselves back to where we were and stay in faith because you are healed. It's just a matter of time before them symptoms skedaddle. Amen. They go leave on their own. Amen. They will leave on their own. See, you gotta have faith that you will recover. Amen. You gotta have faith that you can have what you say. Amen. If you don't doubt in your heart, it will come to pass. You, you won't get everything instantly. You understand what I'm saying? It would be nice, but we'd have none to look forward to and go into heaven. And heaven is where everything's instant. Amen. But you can bring heaven down here on earth. Just use your faith. God is very interested in you using your faith and keeping your faith out there where he can see it. So what happens? We get in the flesh and put our faith away. You got to pull it back out there. Where hey, You know, Jesus would go up to the disciples. They'd be all messed up in the head. Now, oh, master, don't you care? We're going to die. And they right, he right there in the boat with them. They all bawling and squalling and whining and squirming and crying. And he said, where's your faith? In other words, show it to me. Huh? That's all he's looking for is you show him your faith. Quit putting it away. And going crazy and whining and squirming and complaining. Get on Facebook and it's nothing but 15 years of complaints. The whole time you've been on there. They got a running, running diary of yours. And then you get around the saints and tell them you waiting on it, waiting for the manifestation. You ain't waiting on nothing. Your faith is your manifestation. That's why God, Jesus asked him where it was. Huh? And if it was puny, he told him, it's not enough for what you want. Are you kidding me? He said, don't you be bringing out last year's level of faith for the stuff you need. You ain't fooling nobody. Okay? We got to get that little puny boy beefed up. Huh? Put him on some fat burning. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Let me. I digress. Let me read on. Amen. And so he says, okay. And Jesus went with him. And a lot of people followed him, pressing him. 
Amen? Because the anointing is what attracts people. You know, ministers today really don't follow that principle. They they get the PR people, they get mailing lists, they get plans from you know you can you can find television professionals that'll give you a plan for how to get a certain number of viewers every day how to do this how to do that amen and so you want the anointing to draw people amen stay right with god and you you'll draw what he wants you to have let me put it to you this way some people want ten thousand twenty thousand people amen you need to want god's will huh you might have a 500 level ministry, but you got 20,000 people. You understand? Dilemma. Amen. So work it how he tells you to work it. You keep going to God praying. Don't go to him with ideas. Go to him humble. Amen. So when, when here's this big crowd all around Jesus, we said the anointing is what draws people. You don't want them to be drawn. See, the way you can test that is get off television, shut everything down, and just start preaching from, from your pulpit and see what you get. Yeah, they don't want to see that's to, for me to say that, that's sacrilege. You know what I'm saying? That's just wrong. God's, God's, God never said, Jesus never said he was interested in numbers. Just let it sink in for a minute. He taught us how to treat people. He didn't tell us he wanted big numbers of people following us. You ask Paul, who was in prison a lot of times. He wasn't concerned about numbers. If he was concerned about numbers, he wouldn't have wound up in jail, attached to a jailer. Amen. God has his his idea for his will. If he blesses you with lots of people, that's good. If you don't get a lot of people, keep preaching. Numbers numbers large numbers don't make you a success and small numbers don't make you a failure. You need to just keep doing what God tells you to do. I bet everybody's being tested on that now, aren't they? Huh? Cuz everything's shut down. You can only have 10 people. Amen. If God was interested in numbers, he wouldn't let that happen. So as there he's Jesus is on his way to this to Jairus's house to lay hands on his daughter cuz that's what Jairus's faith is telling him must happen in order for him to be healed. You notice that not everybody's faith sets the same scenario for their healing. You got me? It's kind of nice when God begins to develop that vision in you for time and place and circumstance. But it doesn't happen all the time. And so if he doesn't set a scenario for time, place, and circumstance, just keep drawing closer to him. That's all you got to do is keep drawing closer to him and you will receive what you need from him. Most of us understand that we are healed and the devil is a trespasser and he's trying to get us to accept symptoms and illness as the final authority in our lives. But if you refuse that and declare that you are healed, 
you will receive your healing in full. You're not waiting on a manifestation. Don't sit up there and wait on anything. Draw nigh to him. You're not waiting on anything. You got me? It's already done. Well, what do I say? Just say you're healed. (laughs) Just tell the truth. (laughs) I'm healed. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's like people... You know, you might be, your spouse might get in some trouble and he wind up in the penitentiary. You know, you might be facing 20 years separated, but you're still married. Don't take that ring off. Keep that ring on because you're still married. You ain't as close as you used to be, that's for sure. (laughs) And falling out of love very quickly, every day. But if you can confess that you're married... You will be married. Amen. We, many of us confess many things that ain't perfect. I see people on Facebook, everybody's an apostle. I don't tell them they're not. Hey, according to your faith, that we need a lot of apostles out here because it's a show a lot of people going to hell. But you need to manifest something as, <laughs> just saying. I mean, if your title came from God and your gift is in there, that gift has got to to produce some fruit at some point. Amen. (laughs) It's like if you confess you're healed, you're going to have peace like a healed person would. You just, just every now and then you remind yourself of your physical limitation or your symptom. You think about it sometimes. Amen. I had asked God, when I started, the devil started jerking me around about my blood pressure. And I was telling God, I said, God, I said, I'm not going to fuss with you about pills, no pills. What does that mean? That don't mean nothing. I said, I just want to live in a place where I'm not distressed. I'm not, I want your peace about this. So every day I get up and I receive his peace about it. You got me? And, and I, and I told him, I talked to my pills. I said, one day soon I won't need you anymore. You know, when I remember it, I don't, you like a ritual, get up and talk to them pills every day. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) if I find myself getting too comfortable, I said, nah, I'm not going to need you forever. I said, one day soon I'm going to get up. I won't need you anymore. Amen. If I could say that about the meats and the sweets and the treats, I'd, But we're working on it. So we're working on it. Amen. We getting closer every day. Amen. But anyway, you know, and and there are people overweight people don't have any problems in their body. So go figure. Amen. And so so anyway, he says, but but as he was going, now listen, Jesus has already granted this man's request. That's where we all are, folks. We are healed, but it hasn't occurred in the natural as yet. Amen. It hasn't made its debut from heaven down into your body. Amen. And that's all. That request has been granted. So when he begins to walk with that man, that girl's healed. If there was more to do with his faith, he would tell him right there. 
and get that straightened out and then go with him. But he means for that girl to, to be well. Jesus is not going to let that girl die. It's the same thing with anything that we ask him for. Once that request is made, that answer is on the way. You've got to believe you receive it when you pray. And it will show up. Huh? It's like Zacharias and, and Elizabeth. They probably prayed like crazy when they were young people. They wanted children. Then they get old. And I mean real old. And then all of a sudden, the angel says, Oh, Zacharias, your prayer has been answered. They go, huh? What prayer are you talking about? Oh, I forgot about that. I thought it was too late. That's the truth. But God says, when you are faithless, he remains faith because he can't deny. What does that mean? He can't deny himself. He can't call himself a liar. He can't deny himself the privilege and the glory and the honor of granting your request in the natural. He won't deny himself the blessing of knowing that one of his children got what they asked for. He's not going to turn himself down of all the things that he gets out of you getting what you need. See, we always think it's about us. I want this. I want that. How come I don't get it? How come I don't get it? But he's he's got some skin in the game too. He says, I'll bring it to pass. God made a covenant with himself that he would answer every single prayer of a righteous person. And if you're lacking in some area, he's your helper. He'll work with you to get you to get your heart right and your faith right so he can answer it. The Syrophoenician woman found that out. She didn't know nothing about She was pretending to know God. There are a lot of people like that. Because they don't know him for real. They think it's always a matter of what you say, how you say it, how you jump up like everybody else. Do you know the words in the hymnal? Remember them hymnals and we had to know all the words. And when you knew all the words and could sing it without looking at the book, you were spiritual. It's true. Game plan. Then life happens to you and you find out, oh, I've been playing games. I gotta get to know, (laughs) got to get to know God for real. This game stuff ain't working. You even walked away from the game in churches and went to a real church. Went to a church you said you would never darken their door. You found God. Sometimes he got to get us away from our games in order to help us. So, so here this, the, this, the, uh, uh, Syrophoenician woman, she's coming to Jesus best way she can. No. I'll try it another way. No. Try it another way. No. Then she gets, she, uh, puts the do-rag on her head. Huh? Wait a minute. Now, I done seen them Jews. You like them people better than me? I'm a dog. Is that right? Huh? I done seen them playing the same games I was playing. 
They ain't no better than I am. Give me my crumbs. I refuse to leave here and go face my sick daughter another day. You ever hear people back in the day saying uh stuff, them church people, they just fake and phony. You know, and they'll stand up for something they want from God. God don't love them no better than he loved me. That's where she was coming from. You understand what I'm saying? That's faith. Because it's true. God doesn't love anybody any better than the next person. All you got to do is be honest with God and work in that long enough to get that get straight with him and you and him get on one accord. That's all you got to do. If you see him dealing with people, he's trying to get them to reveal the faith that they have on the inside. Because see, as long as you're playing games and pretending to be spiritual, faith is not involved. You are shutting your faith down and letting your faith, your flesh get involved and run the show. So Jesus provokes us out of our flesh over into the spirit where her, her faith is. See, she got mad enough at him honoring he when the the straw the straw that broke the camel's back was when he said, I'm not gonna take the children's bread and give it to dogs. She said, You mean them rulers of the synagogue? That's always stealing from their parents and then took land from my family and took stuff from everybody. You mean them people? I know I'm not no worse off than they are. You better heal my daughter. Just give me my crumbs. If I ain't worth getting up to the table, just throw me a bone. I'm satisfied. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't take a lot of nothing once you get close to God. Sometimes people just get, I've noticed when people who are, are sick and, and they've been told there's no hope for them. You can get them closer to healing just by going and reading some scripture to them. Because it seldom happens. Everyone, they have that, that sad countenance or that long countenance you know, where they've received what the evil report is their only truth. You can go in there. Go in there and read Isaiah 53. I dare you. And you can see, yeah. Yeah. Amen. And the Holy Ghost descends down in that atmosphere. See, there's still hope for their healing. Nobody's ever beyond hope, folks. I don't care what they say. I don't care who's watching and how much time they haven't given them. You got me? They only have so-and-so. Right. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) So here's a woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years. She waited long enough. Now this little girl, this man's daughter, she's been as, this woman's been bleeding as long as this little girl's been alive. So she don't want to wait any longer. That's a good thing many times. Not wanting to wait always gets Jesus' attention. She had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was not better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she heard Now, we don't know how long Jesus' ministry had been going on at this time. Might have been, this might have been toward the end. But she's still been going to doctors even after he's been around. Know what I'm saying? There are a lot of people to cling to stuff that ain't working for them. And stuff that's working, you can tell them about. 
You ever invited anybody that was sick to healing school? And they never show up? And then 10 years later, they say, you remember me? I used to get your flyers all the time. They finally show up 10 years later. You got me? They could hear but not receive. You can hear but not move on what you hear. You can hear and not believe what you hear. You shut down your your faith on it and just decide you're not going to believe that. Amen? Like some of you watching, you don't want to believe that you're healed already. But you are, according to God's word. And sickness is a trespasser on healed people's property. Amen? You didn't call for sickness. You didn't ask for sickness. You didn't pray for sickness. That makes it a trespasser. When she heard of Jesus, she finally paid attention, in other words, to what she'd been hearing about him. She came in the press behind and touched his garment because she said within herself, one translation says, one account says, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She was too far away from him and she needed to get closer and she knew it. And this is what we need to understand. If we still have symptoms, we need to get closer. If you have drawn closer to the Lord, stay close. Don't back up. Stay close. Don't let doubt creep in. Stay close. You know, let let the healing power of God permeate your being. Sometimes it's good to if you if you already have a, a, a regimen, I call it, with God, or a, a way of relating to God uh, on a daily basis where your need is concerned. Uh, it's good to sometimes spend a day where you do a little more. See if you can get a little closer. See if you can receive more alleviation of your symptoms. Amen. And and right away she said, if if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. Right away the fountain of her blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself the virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched me? His do- the disciples tell him all these people are are touching you, what do you mean by that? He says, virtue went out of me. That's what you want. You want the virtue of God to go out of you, out of him and come into you. Uh, What does that mean? There are many times where you can get a quickening in your spirit. It doesn't have to be something you, you feel. You can perceive it in many different ways. But the virtue of God goes out of you. Sometimes you'll you'll be meditating in the word and he'll tell you something about your healing that you didn't know before. That's virtue. See, virtue means a power or a strength supernaturally coming into you that you didn't have before. So it begins to complete something in you that you lack. Amen? Because we're not whole yet. You can get wholeness in different things and in different ways, but until your body is glorified, you got some lackings, some some weaknesses, things that are subject to you. Don't think you can go through this life without any kind of challenges. But when you are challenged, just receive it as a normal part of life. 
Don't try to act like it doesn't exist. Don't try to act like it's not for you. Um, don't try to act like it's a weakness that nobody else has. Are you kidding me? Most of us are don't even know how we standing up most days. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? God, what I'm facing, what I've been through, and what what might be around the corner is a wonder I can face the day. You know, so so don't get. Don't make a judgment on yourself about your condition. Quit doing it. Amen. Just, just don't do it. Just save yourself the steps. If this woman was concerned about judgment, she'd have stayed at home and still been suffering. Amen. So she represents those of us who humble ourselves and against public opinion still reach out to God. And still feel good that we're reaching out to God. Amen. And you can feel good about reaching out to God. It's, it's not a, you know, it's, you know, sometimes saints get some crazy ideas. You know, these ideas run through the body of Christ. You know, like everybody's got to be debt free and, you know, everybody's got to be a millionaire. And, you know, if you tell me how to make a million dollars, I'll be glad to employ myself. Well, maybe. Yeah, I'm content the way I am. You know, I have no desire for, unless it's just come come walk in that door. You know what I'm saying? I receive anything. (laughs) But you know, at my age, I'm not gonna start craving to be a million. Come on now, folks. I ought to know by now to set my affection on things that are above. I'd have to stop some things in order to get real involved because I'm going to tell you in order to make that kind of money, you got to have a skill that's going to bring it in or an idea that's going to flip the world over or something. you got to employ yourself as something. I don't have time. Amen. I really don't. I'm too busy trying to get rid of them little pills that stare at me, you know, several times a day. <laughs> I got my hands full. So here this woman touches him, virtue comes out of him. This is what you are doing when you touch him, when you get close to him. You want his power to come into you and begin to drive out symptoms, drive out diagnoses, drive out whatever it needs to drive out, it's driving it out. It's interesting, the Bible talks about the parable of the word. It talks about the man plants the word, it, in, in, it, you plant it in a garden, and it grows, we don't know how. And see, we still try to figure out, when is the manifestation? Well, I can't say manifestation, Pastor Bob don't like manifestation. I don't. Because to me, I'm healed already, and my faith is my manifestation. The fact that I believe it. Is my manifestation. And if I start looking at physical, then I lose that manifestation of faith. Then I'm starting to, to get back in the natural again, wondering when it's going to leave and when it's going to... Yes. Huh? Some things may never leave in the natural. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you really are dedicated to making it go and and not settling for anything less. You understand what I'm saying? That is between you and God. You don't have any. I don't have nothing to prove to y'all. You understand what I'm saying? I'm doing my job. And as long as I'm doing my job, we all ought to be satisfied. Amen. You know, people, you judge me if you want to. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> you gonna have to square that with God. <laughs> that won't be pleasing. Now you got yourself in trouble. 
Huh? It's all a personal thing. I'm trying to enhance your personal relationship and confidence in God. Amen? That's my job. Amen? So, you know, I, we can all do better. I'm not doubting that. I'm not saying I do anything perfectly. But I'm, I'm working, I'm working it. Amen. I'm working where I can work it. So this woman, when she, she had made up in her mind, she made it up in her mind. She was determined. That's the other thing you must have in order to receive from God. You must have a determination. It, you can't be casual about it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, if I get it, good. If I don't, it. and you have to watch yourself sometimes when you get in situations where you have a, a, a place of comfort where you are. You have to watch that you don't just park there and let yourself get complacent there and you don't understand that the enemy can be gaining on you. So you're going to have to want to get rid of all traces, amen, of of uh, iniquity, all traces of punishment, all traces of anything that connects itself to you that doesn't come from God, amen. Just be relentless. Let yourself understand that I don't have to stop here with my healing. I can go further and I can go all the way. Amen. It's a good thing. Amen. It's a good thing. And just keep drawing closer to God. You, you'll get that. I know I was, I kept having cold feet because of some, probably some pill I'm taking, you know, side effect. And then one night I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I'm tired of these cold feet. I can't, we gotta wrap them up and all this nonsense and talking to them and everything. And so I was sitting there watching the 700 club. You know, now I used to watch 700 Club constantly when I was, you know, a new Christian. That was all that was out there that, you know, and it was wonderful, still is. And so, uh, but it's more evangelical and I, but I always liked the fact that everybody that sat in that seat, you know, uh, across from Pat worked in the gifts, word of knowledge worked to help people get healed. And so all of a sudden Terry says, there's somebody who's cold. I said, wait a minute. Hold the phone. I see, I would want to get healed that way when I was younger. Never did. Now here's my answer showing up after what? 35, 40 years? <laughs> I said, that's me. She said, especially your hands and feet. That's me. My cold feet. I receive it, Lord. No more cold feet. Amen. So God is good. Amen. He is good. Just these small things, just drawn closer to him. And I, it, it wasn't like a big, to me, a big deal when I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm just really tired of his cold feet. Can you please <laughs> warm my feet up for me? And and that's it. You know, it's not a, you know, I got to pull all this books out and scrolls out. and just a simple request. Keep it simple, folks. I'm telling you, simple works just like anything else does. But draw close to him. Stay in touch with him. Let him minister to you. Let him hear what he has to say about what it is that, that, um, that, that, that you need. Always be willing to hear the word. Like the woman with the issue of blood, when she heard, she obeyed what she heard. Always follow up on what you hear. Amen. She didn't wait for a confirmation. She didn't get into a discussion. She didn't try to go fasting about anything. She maybe had fasted many, many times, many years. You just don't know. But she heard and acted on it. 
That's what God wants, expects us to do now. So that when we hear what God, when we hear His voice instructing us what to do, instructing us how to believe, instructing us to cast down imaginations, get all the cobwebs out of your brain, you know, all those little nooks and crannies of, of dark ideas that want to challenge the supernatural of God, just begin to clean those things out. And God, show me anything, ideas that I might have or thoughts I have that are challenging my faith and trying to hold up my promise. Amen. So she didn't ask for any of that. You can see she just heard and she believed and she responded. Amen. The hem of his garment is symbolic of his word. Amen. They would, what the priests would do, they, when their garment, <clears throat> they would always have, um, uh, they said, uh, many of them would, would tie, they had tassels on there. They also had little ornaments on the hems of their, the high priests did. And so Jesus didn't wear that garment, amen, but he did wear a shawl that, that many of the, uh, devout Hebrews wore that had, uh, um, the, what they call phylacteries, amen, or uh, they would uh, talit, uh, the talit was the garment, the tzitzit was the little tassel that was on the bottom, and it represented your covenant with God, it represented your, your and so what she was doing was touching God in covenant, so that she could receive his sinner's word and heal them, and deliver them from their destructions, the hem of your garment really represented your acceptance with God. Remember when David cut Saul's, the hem of his skirt off, and he got convicted? What God was telling David is, you don't cut anybody off from me. I don't care if this man is wrong. You don't cut him off from me. And that's when say God smote him in his heart. And David went no further. He really went to Saul and apologized. I stepped over my authority. I know God's discredited you and he's, he's kicked you out of being king, but it's not my place. Uh, that's what he meant by touching the anointed of God. Not so much killing him, but cutting him off from any kind of chance of repentance. You never know what God's going to do with people if you, you kind of forgive and accept and so forth and so on. So when you touch the hem, you touch them in covenant. Amen. So that she knew she had a covenant of healing and if she touched his garment, she would be made whole. Things that God instructs us to do don't come out of thin air, folks. They have some word basis, some Bible significance to them. They have some truth to them. Amen. And so when Jesus would make clay out of spit, what was he doing? He was making people like he did in the beginning. I was with the father in creation. This is how we made it the first time. See, nobody was there. See, you got the father and the son spitting on the dirt, making clay and putting us together. (laughs) I know that creeps people out, freaks them out, but just be freaked out. Just receive your healing. That's all he wants you to do. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for helping us.
encouraging us and loving us. Father, we pray for the people who are watching, pray for people here, that, Father, we thank you for these two people in uh, who have this virus that are in the hospital. We pray for Derek and for Linda. We curse you, COVID. We command you. We render you harmless and ineffective against people. In the name of Jesus, we take all of your power away from you. We command you to hide and, and not be able to link up with any host that you can live. Uh, we put confusion on you that you be stopped abruptly in your tracks from trying to replicate and trying to get involved in people's blood cells and in their bodies. We curse you. We command you to shrink, shrivel up and die and hurt people no more. And we thank you, Lord, for power and authority over all the works of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. We love you. Watchmen who are at home, I love you. Amen. Praise God. We'll be back together soon. Praise God. Amen. All right. We're done. We're done.